tune in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from a full episode with Joey Goreshio and we chat all things deceleration. So it's episode number 423 and in this clip we have a little chat around eccentric peak force and how we can develop it so that it crosses over into our on-field activity when trying to improve deceleration ability. But just before we do dive into this episode with Joey, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, analyze, visualize, and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. Let's start in the weight room when it comes to trying to develop this, these, these qualities. So going through those, so eccentric peak force, in terms of exercise selection, in terms of programming in the weight room, what does that look like when you're trying to build that that base that you mentioned about the pyramid? Yeah, so I look at it as it's going to be your your submaximal lowering, right? So your 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 tempo lowering, like what was made very popular by Cal Dietz and by by Paul Quinn, uh, your tempo that you know anywhere between four to six seconds. Um, we'll start there. And we'll do them with our main exercises. So whatever squat variation we're doing, whatever press variation we're doing, whatever pull-up variation we're doing, we'll we'll start to implement those tempos into there. All right, because I think that's a good way to introduce it. I think that the I don't want to use the word holy grail, but I, I think when you look at increasing peak force, eccentric peak force, I think once you get into super maximal eccentrics, I think there is a, a ton of value and a ton of bang for your buck. We're training super maximal eccentrics. Now, the idea is you got to get there in a safe manner, um, you know, and you got to progress it so that you're just not, you, you can't just throw them into super maximal eccentrics. Like they have to be prepared for it because it is a, a tremendous stimulus and it is, it is, it is extremely hard and intense. So we'll get into those. We'll, and, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Waggle and, and the accentuated eccentric loading um, have been a huge, a huge, um, They've helped us tremendously um, with their research they put out, and they've given us really good ideas about how to how to be creative in our setting because we'll have 30 to 35 guys in the weight room at one time. Um, and, you know, we're a smaller school, so we don't have weight releasers and all those different things to do, so we had to get creative. One way that we found that I really like and, and to implement super maximal eccentrics is, is I love uh, Hasfield squats, safety bar squats, hand-assisted. Because what you can do is, is you could have them go unassisted, hand unassisted on the way down and really load them. And then they could go concentrate. They could grab that bar and pull themselves up out of that hole without really interfering with the technical side of the squat or if it's a split squat or whatever it may be. And um, we've seen a ton, of, a, a ton of value in using those here. Um, and it's safe. Like I haven't had a kid. We've gone up to 135% of our 1RM back, back squat max. And we've yet to have a kid fail. Um, we've yet to have, uh, uh, you know, just any kind of weird injury or anything like those pop up using those, using that protocol, um, you know, and then with upper body wise, cause that's, the, I don't like using a ton of super maximal eccentrics with, with, with bench press. I just, I don't like, I've had a tech, a pec tear before. Um, and it may just be cause it's my own personal pet peeve, but I like to stay away from super maximal with bench pressing, but I do love super maximal lowering with overhead pressing. And you can do that by doing heavy push presses or even split jerks and controlling the load down. 
And I've seen a, t- a tremendous amount of value in, in, in utilizing those in our program, um, building up just the robustness of the of those uh, of that shoulder girdle and that joint. Um, you know, I've seen guys split jerk three fifteen and three second lower it down to a front rack position, and those are usually my guys that press heavy anyway. Uh, you know, they could bench press four hundred five or more and, and all those things. So, um, you know, I've seen tremendous success with that, and it's safe, right? Like if you can't lower it, you just drop the bar. That's the beauty of it. You know, you just drop the bar. And then with our pulling exercises, I like partner uh, partner chin-ups. So, like, you go up, concentrically you pause, your partner grabs your shoulders and pulls you down, not rips you down, but pulls you down and gives you that stimulus and you lower for, for three to four seconds. And it's an easy way to implement it, especially, like I said, if you have a bigger room with a lot of athletes and 35 athletes, it's easy to implement because, you know, the partner goes and gets four or five reps. The other partner switches, gets four or five reps, and you go about your, your day. And, again, it's another stimulus. You know, I look at overhead athletes like our quarterbacks have benefited from that tremendously. Um, you know, that upper back strength is, is critical in supporting all the pressing and throwing that we do in this sport. Um, you know, so – and then rushing leans, and you can find ways for, for hip-dominant exercises, whether it's uh, a deadlift to a – a super maximal RDL. That's one way we found to, to implement it into hip hinging. Uh, we also, you know, doing it with our Russian leans is like strapping a band under the bench. So you have that band tension pulling you down even more and then releasing the band and coming back up. Um, you know, so again, it, it's, it's really, once you understand the protocol, it, it's your limitations, your creativity. Right. It's your resources and your creativity is going to be the limitation. But that's how we implement super maximal training uh, for peak force, for eccentric peak force. Uh, When we get in a rate of force, again, I like I like ALE for our jumps. So we'll load the eccentric portion of our jump. Um, You can do that with dumbbells. You can do that with bands. Uh, As soon as they go to initiate the concentric phase or the propulsive phase of the jump, they let go of whatever implementation or implement they're using. And then they just jump. All right, and that's been that's been really good for us. I like weighted snap downs um, because you can get really really specific with positions when you get into those weighted snap downs. Uh, you know, so we've used trap bars. If you wanted to really up the load, you could get up on your toes, you snap down, and you turn it. I tell my athletes all the time: the coach cues turn it to a statue. As soon as your hips crease and your knees bend a little bit, stop. There should be no excess movement. You should be able to hold it. Okay. Um, you know, I like doing them with dumbbells because now you can get in the split variations, you get in the single leg variations, all those different ways that you can you can increase that. And then depth landings are really big for us uh, when you talk about rate of force development and, and eccentrically. So depth landings are going to be critical. We start, so like I went into research and like Verzhansky talked about for, for peak force, like you got to start at basically like almost like three and a half feet. It was crazy. I was like, holy, you know, like three and a half feet for a 300 pound old lineman insane right like that's a ton of force so what we did is we looked at okay what's the average vertical jump per position group all right so if i got all my, all my old line and the average verticals say 25 inches well everyone that's going to be our starting point for our depth landings right because anything under that is not going to drive a stimulus i could just have them do a vertical jump in place and land right i'm trying to overload i'm trying to overload the landing which means that i gotta i gotta raise them higher than what they can actually jump so we'll start vertical jump just to introduce it, and then we'll add, we'll add three inches as we progress through the training blocks. 
um, and we'll get up to like plus nine inches on their vertical. So like for some of our skill guys, they're dropping off a 46 inch box and just wet. I mean, they're sticking it, they're holding it. They're not breaking at their knee. Uh, they're able to control it. There's no excess movement. Um, and that's a, that's one way I really found to increase essential rate of force development and even peak force. Um, you know, and then obviously with your plyometrics, when you start to get into that stretch shortening cycle, you're also going to increase essential rate of force development by doing depth jumps and, and bounds and hurdle ops and all the consecutive hurdle ops. Just the, the what majority of people already are, are doing, you know. So, you know, it, to me, it's not overthink it. It's a lot of what, you know, uh, has been, I mean, all this stuff's been around forever, but a lot of what people are already doing from the stretch shortening cycle, from a plyometric cycle. You know, people speak on that all the time. I think there's a ton of resource out there, but I think once you once you you pair and you build into that stretch shortening cycle with with increasing eccentric rate of force development, uh, eccentric rate of force development, eccentric peak force, I think you really start to see your plyometrics take off as well. And then from a dynamic stability, I How mean, long... anytime... oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, go mate. From a dynamic, no, no, stability... no, go, go on, you're on a, you're on a roll, Joey. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> From a dynamic stability standpoint, <laughs> go, I mean, go. Any, any time that you can get them like a landing is dynamic stability, right? Anytime you can get them to control position in a rapid fashion, to me, that's dynamic stability, right? So like even doing like a single leg RDL is dynamic stability. Um, and we're going to get a lot of our dynamic stability work out on the field from actually practicing the skill of stopping. You know, and that's that's where we'll get a lot of that going or from our plyometrics, like bounding is dynamic stability, right? When you land, when that ground contact happens, like being able to not fold and hold your posture and have great reactive strength and great posture to produce uh, propulsively into the next the next jump is going to that's dynamic stability to me. What I was going to say was the tempos right at the start of the program when you're building this foundation how long would you typically leave that in there before you progress to these more advanced things? Just to give coaches out there a little bit of an insight into that, you know, where it fits into the week by week or day by day. Yeah, so I, I usually typically leave it in there for about four weeks, um, you know, and I like to I like to add in so the control tempo, and I I, I also have the drop landings in there as well, and that's going to be my first progression into. Are eccentrics, and I'll do it right off out of, out of the uh, off season, right out of the detraining period. So early off season, which is usually in January for us, we'll run it for about four weeks, and we'll evaluate after that four weeks and see, okay, are we are we handling those submaximal loads tempo? Are we, are we handling them better in week four than we did in week one? Um, you know, and those those intensities are are usually what I've found, at least from practical experience, and then just from from guidance from guys like Cal Dietz and, and, and Paul Quinn is. We'll stay anywhere between 60 and 85. I think once you pass 85% of a 1RM on those control lowering, you start to get into like shaky, like potential dangerous scenarios, especially if they have to perform the concentric action by themselves without any assistance. Um, so again, because we want that concentric, we're, 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 we're hitting the eccentric part of it. We're emphasizing the eccentric part of it. So we want the concentric to be performed um, with, with good technique and in, in a smooth fashion, like we don't want to, to overdo the concentric side of it, right? Because it, it is an early progression into super maximal. Okay. So we'll run that for four weeks. And then what we'll do is I'll build those drop landings. Like I said, up to anywhere between six plus to nine plus inches above vertical jump. 
And then going into that second block, if I have that ability to have another four weeks of training, because we're, we're slaves to our calendar in, in the academia world over here. So sometimes I have three weeks, sometimes I have four weeks, sometimes I have two weeks. It just depends on how it fits. Uh, we'll move into the super maximal and then we'll start, we'll move into our depth jumps uh, after that four week block, that preparatory block. Just to confirm the, the, the snap downs, just explain that exercise. So it's, it's, it's dropping the weight, but obviously getting down there to catch it and stick it. Is that right? So like a lot of people do for like jump technique where they put their hands over and they snap down and hold that position, that landing position yep. of a jump. We'll just do that weighted. Now, obviously, we don't have a trap bar with 300 pounds over our head. But what we'll do is we'll get in a tall, upright position. And kind of like you said is we want that feeling of falling or dropping. And then we want to, as soon as we get into that where our knees and hips crease enough, we want to stop that momentum and deaccelerate as fast as humanly possible. And again, that dynamic stability that comes in part with that, we want to turn into a statue. I want to stop. I want to stick. I want to be strong in that position. I want to hold that position for about a two-second count, and then I want to reset. And again, it's it's. I look at it. It's it's very similar to uh, catching a power clean. As far as in terms of the the mechanism, um, so but you can you can increase the speed of the fall. Okay. And you can increase the overall total load than you would be able to do it with just power clean. So again, that's why I like that. I, I like that exercise a lot, especially for eccentric greater force development. Um, and then again, the more you load it, it's going to be more, it's going to lean more towards and, and bleed into peak force. But to me, it's a great exercise and the learning curve is fast. I mean, really fast. I got my eight year old son to figure it out in like two sets. You know, because it's just get on your toes, flat feet landing, hips track back, strong back, strong position, turn into a statue, hold it. Be strong in that position, stand up, reset. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So you can check out the full episode with Joey. It's episode number 423. And you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today and look forward to chatting to you next time.